Join me as we visit Barbados in another podcast. This time, we're feeling hungry. I'm Gary Bembridge, and this is Tips for Travellers, the global travel destination podcast. Each month, a new destination is featured with recommendation, advice, and tips based on the first-hand travel experience I gain from the two to three times a month I travel all over the world. You may also want to check out the Tips for Travellers video podcast, a sister podcast which features videos I've made of hotel rooms or attractions with commentary and recommendations linked to the destination featured each month in this audio podcast. To find out more, visit tipsfortravellers.com. For travellers is spelt with two L's, the UK way, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk. You can subscribe to one or both of the podcasts by searching for Tips for Travellers or Gary Bembridge on iTunes or your favourite podcast directory. This is the third podcast that I've done on the Caribbean region. You can also take a listen to the original Barbados podcast by searching for it on iTunes or by visiting the website tipsfortravellers.com. There's also a podcast about cruising in the Caribbean, which you can again find at the site tipsfortravellers.com. And remember that Travellers is spelt the UK way, so it has two L's. You can also visit the blog at mytravelreviews.blogspot.com and find those as well. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about Barbados on Barbados restaurants. You know, the island of Barbados in the Caribbean, you know, it's known, especially in Europe and the UK, as a haunt for celebrities and the comfortably off to escape to during the European winter. It's very much a, a glitzy, you know, sort of island of the rich or connected. And, you know, things like the amount of actually polo played is one clue to just the type of clientele that visit the island. And the number and extent of smart restaurants scattered liber- liberally, can't even say that properly, liberally around the most popular tourist areas on the west and southwest of the island is, is, you know, is another. But eating out of Mobados, however, is not always that cheap. And if you want to control spending when visiting Barbados, you could choose to stay in one of the all-inclusive resorts. Or what's very popular now is also self-catering villas rather than at a hotel because you could find yourself quite easily paying kind of London, New York type prices when you go out, even for some of the fairly straightforward options. So that, that's, that's, quite, you know, that's quite an important thing. to So you can end up balancing out the total cost. Now, in St. Lawrence Gap, which is on the sort of southwest of the island, there are some more reasonably priced places to eat. But generally, things are quite expensive. And the choice and number of restaurants show, though, that the Tourists that visit the island have the desire and, and even possibly the funds to support them and, and using a pun, they, they have an appetite for it. There are a number of you know, trophy restaurants that are almost considered essential to any visit, no matter what budget you're on. And in fact, in the high season, which runs sort of from late November through to sort of January, February, you will need to have booked up to two months in advance to get into some of these restaurants on the day and time that you want you want to do. What I'm going to do is though, is I'm going to take a run through some of the best known 
most recommended restaurants and actually talk about whether they are actually worth visiting. And most of these I visited um, twice. I visited them um, on my previous visit and a more recent visit. Now, the cliff. The cliff is considered to be the premier and the best restaurant in Barbados. Now, in the season, unless you're very connected, you will definitely have needed to made have made reservations, you know, quite a bit in advance. Now, the cliff is also quite pricey and has a minimum spend. A meal for two people can set you back as much as 570 Barbados dollars. That's about 285 US dollars or about 140 pounds. And so it does need to be special. The cliff, though, the venue is quite stunning. It's located in the Derricks area of St. James, which is between whole town and the capital city of Bridgetown. It is, as the name kind of implies, it's situated on a cliff. I mean, it's not a very high one, so it's probably best described as being built on, on the side of a hill. But there is a large open lounge at the top, which looks down onto the very large open restaurant area. And you, you need to try and get a table on the patio area rather than the tiered tables behind them. In the patio area, you look out across to the sea. It's very beautiful. And there's big, large, flaming pipes. And the whole look is very breathtaking as you, as you kind of look out to sea. The service, as you would expect for that kind of price, is very professional. The menu is, is large. And there's also a large daily specials menu. The food is, is quite something. You know, I had a salad starter, and my companion had gnocchi, and we had seared tuna and bread and butter pudding. And, you know, the, the food is, is just beautifully presented. There's like a set menu. Now, people dress up to go to the cliff, and it is kind of a special night out. Admittedly, it's an expensive one. Um, and in the season, it's, it will always be full of kind of celebrities and faces and names and that kind of stuff. But I would, I would rate the cliff you know, very highly. You know, it is very expensive, but it is quite, quite something. And a lot of people will use that as their, kind of their one really big treat when they're on holiday. So that's the first restaurant, the Cliff. The second one I want to talk about is Daphne's. Now, Daphne's is a sister restaurant to Daphne's in the swanky South Kensington part of London, UK. Although it's more of a sister in reality in name than an overall experience, but it, it, it still offers excellent food, which Daphne's in London does. But it's not really the same atmosphere because Daphne... Daphne's in London is the heart. It's in the heart of the money London. It's very popular kind of with ladies who lunch, if you like, and, and celebrities. It used to be a favorite haunt, for example, for Lady Di. And when actually my friend Michael was the maitre d' there, he got to know people like Joan Collins and, and those sort of people from their very frequent visits. However, at the Barbados one, actually we felt a bit overdressed because we'd actually got, you know, not that dressed up, but sort of smart trousers and long sleeve shirt and stuff. And even the maitre d' commented about how stylish we looked. Um, they actually even asked if we were Italian. Um, and that surprised us because, you know, we just had the you know, black trousers and long sleeve shirts on. And then we noticed that shorts, three-quarter trousers, scruffy jeans were much more the style here, quite unlike Daphne's in, in London. Now, it was clear that the Daphne's in Barbados is a hit with families and probably families who aren't really counting the pennies or the cents. Now, this is probably because they serve pasta. Daphne's is, is Italian food, so it's pasta. And I did note, actually, although it's not on the menu, that they do kind of chicken nuggets and chips for the kids as well. So that's probably what, what makes it uh, appealing. Now, the decor and location is, is amazing. It's very tasteful. It's very well done. It's really, really stylish. Now, it's located between... Um, two hotels, one of which is called The House, 
and the other which is called Tamarind Cove. And this is again about, you know, it's halfway between Holtown and the, and the cliff, the restaurant I was talking about earlier. Now, there's a great little bar in Daphne's. They have great cocktails. There's also a big lounge area with big white sofas, which people, I guess, go and sit after, after eating. Now, the dining area, it overlooks a, a really nice, big, wide beach, which is lit up with metal stakes with burning oil fires. And, you know, that's what kind of a lot of the kids end up going out and playing on. It's a, it's a really, really nice beach. The, the actual restaurant itself, even though it's all open, it gets quite hot. Um, and so do try and request one of the tables by the beach, both for the view and also just because it's cooler there. The food is great. I had a non-deven pear salad to start, open ravioli with roasted vegetables. My dining partner had chicken and pesto cannelloni. Now, the price with kind of water, which is pretty expensive, two fruit cocktails, and actually fruit cocktails and alcohol cocktails are about the same in Barbados. But again, it was quite expensive. It was about 145 US dollars, which is about 72 pounds for two people. But a very, very nice place. And the thing that amazed me, actually, was that so many people kind of went there with kids and which were having chicken nuggets and chips, but anyway... The service at Daphne's is, is slick, it's efficient, although there's lots of different people serving you, which I always find a bit, bit disturbing, but they seem to know what's going on. It runs pretty smoothly. I'd probably give it about a 7 out of 10 because is, you know, the food is good, the location's good, but it's kind of, it's kind of a disappointing experience because it sort of looks like it should be smart, but it's a bit casual. And, and the thing that, that is kind of strange there is the ambient noise level is quite low and the tables are very close to you, and you actually find we realized we were talking in kind of hushed tones and was whispering to each other because you you feel you're going to be very intrusive and we kind of knew everything that was going on at the table next to us so i found that a bit disconcerting so that's daphne's that's the second um, hotel a uh, second restaurant that i want to talk about now the third restaurant i want to talk about is la Cajou at the sandy lane hotel now the la Cajou is the fine dining restaurant at this very famous hotel the sandy lane Sandy Lane is kind of the hotel which the rich and the famous visit Barbados. It's, it's, it's a very expensive place to stay. Um, and it was kind of one of the original leading sort of hotels in, in Barbados. It's, it is very nice, but probably a little bit stuffy in, in reality. And people there are obviously have lots of money and probably a little bit up their own selves. But um, it, it is a beautiful place. And I guess if you can afford to stay there, I mean, it would be a great place to stay. But anyway, the Lacajou is... Uh, it, it is very slick. It's it's very special. It, it is again quite expensive, but it's a really really nice. And if anything, it's probably much slicker and much more professional than the Cliff, which goes more for the, you know they have a lot of the the style, if you like. Whereas like a Jew is all about the food and the ambiance and the service and stuff. They like the Cliff. They offer this kind of two or three course option, but it does set you back a lot of money with limited drinks. It's at least. 600 Barbados dollars, so that's 300 US dollars or about 150 pounds for two people. So again, you know, you're probably going to choose between going to Lacajou or the Clef as your kind of special treat um, when you're away. And that's, of course, you're planning to blow lots of money. They have a taster menu, which we didn't have, but that's kind of, it looks very interesting. It's six courses of what they say is the best on the menu, and it has different wines with each course. And, which, but, and I suspect, actually, if you're going to have six glasses of wine, I mean, I would never cope with six glasses of wine, but anyway... But the taste menu did seem very, very interesting. Now, the, the restaurant, again, it's kind of perfect for a special event or it's good for a celebration because you are made to feel incredibly important and they treat you just amazingly. In, in fact, if anything, the service is almost a little bit too much. Um, a little bit, they're almost a little bit too attentive. The food is, is probably the best food 
um, on the island. The cliff has great food, a great experience due to its location, its decor. But Lakaju is just, the food is just amazing. I had like chicken tempura, which I, I guess is probably upmarket up chicken nuggets. Amazing. Fomena had herb crusted halibut and potatoes. And, and then Fomena had this bizarre dessert, which was just quite amazing. It was pineapple soaked in rum and pepper, then roasted and then served with chili ice cream. And it was just quite bizarre. I mean, literally, the ice cream was chilly. The, the, not, not chilly cold, but warm. It was because it, it had chilies in it. Very, very interesting. Now, there's a pianist who plays a way through the meal, which, which means the ambient noise is a bit higher. And even though the table's quite near, you feel you're not kind of earwigging on other tables and vice versa. So it's quite a nice atmosphere. It's got a great cocktail bar and lounge where when you enter, you kind of sit down, you have a drink. They bring you little canapes while you look at the menu. The restaurant looks over the beach. It's an expensive night out, but the, you know it's it, the lushness of Sandy Lane. It's a great night. I'd rate it very highly, probably nine out of ten, and and say you know if you really want to go for something very special, and you really want to focus on food rather than just the the, the glitz and whatever of of the cliff, that that is the place to go. So the next restaurant I want to talk about is is called the Lone Star. Now, the Lone Star is a restaurant which has had huge amounts of publicity, and and to be honest with you, I'm not entirely sure why. The restaurant's on the west coast. It's kind of north of Hilton. It's just after the Fairmont Royal Pavilion Hotel. And if you're staying at the Royal Pavilion Hotel, it's a very close walk. And it's right slap bang on the beach. It's a, The outside of the building, it's, it's, a, it's a very striking white colonial-style building. It's got a small hotel and, and a very large restaurant. You go down these long wooden stairs into the restaurant, which is literally right on the beach. And, and it's, the decor's very nice. It's very open. The staff wears boiler suits, which is which is unusual because it is quite a sort of a market restaurant that policy it's slightly strange. But anyway, overall, though, the visit here is not very memorable. There's, there's, a, there's a real attitude of the staff on the door. The waiting staff are efficient, but they're very bland. The menu is the same. It's kind of, it's fine. Well, there's an odd mixture of oriental steak, some fish, even caviar. And it, it kind of feels like it's sort of, we're going to cater for everybody. We're not really sure what we're about. I mean, the food was fine. It wasn't exceptional. It was very rushed, and it's very clearly geared up to, to getting you in and out fast. So in the season, they can churn the tables. A meal for two starters. We had spring rolls and crab cakes. Main courses, we had Peking duck and seared tuna. Glass of wine and champagne came to about 150 US dollars, about 80 pounds. So again, it's, you know, it's pretty expensive. But people that we spoke to, probably of all the restaurants we went to, had the most mixed views. I mean, in the UK, people have describe this as being like the ivy of Barbados. And the ivy is this, this very smart, kind of funky, not really funky, but this very sort of um, celebrity, very difficult to get into sort of place. And the Lone Star, I mean, it's, it's I don't know, I don't, I don't get it. So very mixed, I'd give it maybe 6 out of 10, maybe 5 out of 10, and not very memorable at all. Now, the next restaurant I want to talk to is, uh, is called Spargo's. And it's a fairly new restaurant on the scene. It's located right in the heart of the kind of restaurant and bar row in Town. It's an Italian food restaurant. It's in this very charming, traditional Barbados-style wooden house. Um, it actually only opened in the summer of 2006. It used to be a bar before. And it's very popular with families. It's got very simple, but a very large selection of pasta and pizza dishes. It's very unpretentious. It's very relaxed. The food is fantastic. It really is fantastic it's very reasonably priced and it makes a nice change from the very kind of stuffy and rich menus that are popular across the island because it's just good you know 
great Italian food, really delicious, great size quantities, and pretty reasonably priced. The service, it's friendly, it's a bit erratic. Um, it's not kind of as slick as any of the other restaurants. But the overall experience, it's great. The place is small. It feels almost homely. Um, we had some penne bolognese, which was great, side salads, water, wine, all that kind of stuff. It was really, really good. came to about 50 pounds, about 100 US dollars. But it was probably the wine and stuff that really pushed that price up. The food, the experience was great. I'd probably give it about 8 out of 10 and, and a second trip. It's the sort of place that you could easily go back to. It was really great. Very unpretentious, very nice. So that's Spargo's. The next one I want to talk about is the Aqua Restaurant and Lounge. Now, this is an, a fairly recent addition to the Barbados scene. It opened in 2006 by two chaps, one called Michael Hines, who's the chef, and a guy called uh, Dan Jelensk, who's the general manager. Now, Aqua, this is situated much sort of away from other restaurants I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's situated on the beach in a place called Hastings, which is on the southwest between the capital Bridgetown and St. Lawrence Gap, which is a big kind of very popular tourist area. The building is amazing. It, it, it looks like it's purpose-built. There's two levels. There's a bar and lounge and some tables on the lower level. And then upstairs there's, a lot, there's more of the tables and there's a big private dining room. And the side of the restaurant is open to the sea, and they have these large sail-type tarpaulins which get lowered down the side of the building if it rains or something like that. Now, the menu, excellent, varied, and every dish is served on unique white plates. Then they, the, both the, the combination of the plates and the food it looks like a work of art. Very nice, very delicious. I had a Chinese start of spring rolls and a duck pancake, and then I had Dorado and a bit of lentils for Maine, and they're just amazing. And the cost was two sodas, two mains, two glasses of rosé champagne, still water with service charge was about 300 Barbados dollars, which is about 75 UK pounds, about 150 US dollars. So again, it's not that cheap. As you can see, restaurants, you know, kind of it's not cheap to kind of get out and, and whatnot. The place is large. not very, It wasn't that busy. Um, and they they seemed keen to turn tables. I mean, the food just came out unbelievably qu- quickly. We, we arrived and we were gone in an hour. And so that was, a, that was a little bit frustrating. But because they're the bar downstairs, I guess you can probably go and, and relax. I'd rate it quite highly, maybe 8 out of 10. And people that we spoke to agreed this was one of the better places. It's a safe recommendation to make to other people. Next restaurant is, is called Bellini's, which is located at the entrance to St. Lawrence Gap, which is, now depending on your point of view, St. Lawrence Gap is either a fun-filled party strip of Barbados packed with bustling bars and restaurants. Or it's a tacky street filled with tourist offerings that don't do Barbados justice. It really depends on who you are, what you like doing, what gets you excited. So it's a real part of the island that some people love and some people absolutely hate. It is much more geared towards, I guess, the the, the package tour kind of market. So there's, there's, there's a mixture of kind of bars, much more reasonable places to eat. Um, it, it is quite a densely packed part of the island, with good value hotels. It's a very important part of the Barbados tourist scene. It, it's made the island affordable for a lot of people. And in the season, it's got a real buzz and a vibe. And so people travel from all over the island in the evenings to go to the bars there because it's kind of where people congregate. It's got a real vibe kind of nightlife, which the, the rest of the island doesn't really have. It's much more laid back. As I said, the restaurants here are a bit more reasonable than the sort of more glitzy, glamorous ones on the West Coast. So Bellini's, you know, a meal with a starter, a main course water cocktail for two people was came in at about 180 Barbados dollars, about 90 US dollars, about 40 odd UK pounds, and you know it makes it about 
$100, you know, makes it about 30, 40% cheaper than other Italian restaurants on the West Coast, even like Spargo's and Daphne's. You know, so, so over the course of holiday, you know, kind of eating at these kind of restaurants could be significant. The Dacon service is not as good as a Daphne's or whatever, but, you know, the food isn't probably as good, but, it, you know, it, the food is great, the atmosphere is good. You know, it, it was a pretty good Italian meal. It's a fine evening out. So I probably get about a six out of ten, seven out of ten, just because it's kind of it's unpretentious and it's fine food and it's you know it's quite buzzy. So that's kind of true of a lot of the places in St. Lawrence Gap. The Muse is um, the other restaurant I want to talk about. Now the Muse is the sister restaurant to Le Mer at Port St. Charles. Both of these are very well known restaurants, with Le Mer probably being the better known and the more popular. And you know, it's, the Le Mer is, is situated right next to the lagoon that forms part of the Port St. Charles development. Very very. Nice. I wasn't a big fan of Le Mer, um, but I didn't go on this particular trip. Now, the Muse, it's right in the heart of Hull Town. It's on one of the two restaurant streets. It's actually directly opposite Spargo that I spoke about a bit earlier. And it, it obviously is in what used to be a kind of a very large two-storied house uh, or one-storied house, depending on um, with, with the, you know counting the downstairs as ground. Um, the decor is very understated. It's very pleasant. The walls are kind of a beige color. They have many, many stunning black and white frame photographs. The menu's huge. The overall restaurant experience is it's kind of competent, not particularly memorable. And it does, though, it's, it's a popular place for a special night out. There's always a lot of happy birthday song and that kind of stuff. But it, it's a nice restaurant, but it's nowhere near as kind of stuffy or formal or as expensive as places like the Cliff or like Azure. And so it, it, it makes it a much more popular choice because it's still... It's a good night out, it's, it's great food, it's a beautiful venue, but it is just a little bit more practical and affordable. So, you know, you, you're probably paying, you know, not quite half, but maybe 60% of what you would be paying at places like, like Azure or The Cliff. So it's a pretty good um, option if you want a, a good special night. And they seem to really look after people well. And because it's in a house with lots of different rooms and stuff, if there's a group of you, you can often get, you know, kind of not quite a private room, but it's just a room where there's kind of maybe only you. So that's, that's quite good. I had fried calamari to start. It had a spicy sauce, and I had veal snitchel for Maine. And, you know, they were both, they were both pretty good food. Servant, service, as I said, was pretty competent, not fantastic. We had a problem with some wine, which was corked. They handled it very efficiently. The only thing that was bizarre, they, they played one CD, which is Amy Whitehouse, who I happened to like, but on repeat and loudly the whole time we were there. So maybe we were there for about one and a half hours, two hours, because we drank the bar. So that was just bizarre that they just played the same song over and over again. So what about if you want something absolutely inexpensive and fast food? Chefette. Now, Chefette is the local Barbados fast food outlet. It's a local fast food chain selling chicken and they've been around for over 35 years it's it's kind of a cross between kfc and mcdonald's because this chain serves everything from chicken nuggets through to chicken in wraps it's very popular and very cheap you know six nuggets with chips and a roll and a drink is about six us dollars about three pounds 25 uh, uk about 12 dollars 50 barbados i mean incredibly cheap and you know it's pretty good and you know it's Pretty good fast food, actually, and they've got a lot. They've actually got a lot of these across Barbados, and they have a lot of drive-through branches. The one in Hull Town is fantastic, actually. There's a kids' playground, and there's this open-air seating which looks onto the ocean, and it's, it's really, really nice. If you want something a bit more familiar, there is KFC. There's no McDonald's and stuff, but there is KFC, 
which has again has many many outlets. I can't remember. I'm sure I read somewhere they had about twenty something outlets. So Chefet, if you want fast food, and in fact some pretty good locations, one whole town is very nice. I want to give one recommendation. Well, one warning. There's a restaurant called Angry Annie's. It's the worst restaurant I think I've ever been to. It's in Hull Town. It's run by a couple originally from Birmingham, UK. It's a rib specialist. It has a terrible attitude, terrible homemade decor, terrible food. Avoid it. I mean, it looks great and it sounds fantastic. You know, ribs. I'm a big ribs fan. Avoid it. So that's my that's my tips on on restaurants. As you can see, there are many many amazing restaurants in Barbados. It's pretty expensive, so it's a kind of you know you need to decide if you are going to Barbados. Just kind of what budget you want to allocate for eating out, and then kind of balance that, that with either you know whatever you choose in terms of of your hotels, because even eating in the hotels is pretty expensive. So that's a real watch out if you think you're going to Barbados. There are places in St Lawrence Gap which you can eat much more reasonably, but still, you know, it's pretty expensive. But it is an amazing, amazing island. If you are a fan of Tips for Travelers, it'd be great if you joined the Facebook group. If you are a member of Facebook, uh, if you search for Tips for Travelers, and it'd be great if you sign up for the group. And so you can leave comments there. If not, don't forget you can visit Tips for Travelers. And in the closing credits, it tells you how you can subscribe and find the blog. If you click on the show notes for this podcast, which you can find at the site at tipsfortravelers.com, you will see some photographs of the restaurants that I took and find out more details. You've been listening to Tips for Travelers, the global travel destination podcast. A new destination with first-hand based advice, recommendations and tips is added each month. If you subscribe to the podcast, thanks for your support. If you don't, you may want to consider subscribing by searching Tips for Travelers or Gary Beveridge on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory. You can then subscribe to the Tips for Travelers Global Travel Destination audio podcast or the video podcast with hotel rooms and attractions. To find out more, visit tipsfortravelers.com, where travelers is spelled the UK way with two L's, or email me at gary at mytravelreviews.co.uk.